0: if you're listening on Christmas Eve or traveling or whatever, thank you very much for making Locked On Pacers your first listen every day, including around the holidays. And if you're not celebrating, thank you for listening every day as usual. We're talking Rockets-Pacers today. Pacers get a nice win over a Houston team that is better than their record for sure. And Pacers made the Rockets look pretty good until the fourth quarter when they destroyed the Rockets. No Brogdon and no Sabonis. For the Pacers in this game, Brogdon's still dealing with that Achilles soreness. Sabonis has a calf injury. He suffered last week. Neither of them played. So they had to get help in other ways, and they got it. So we'll talk about that game and a big night from Miles Turner. He deserves a lot of a heap of praise for the way he played and the way he played as a solo center in this game. I want to do a whole segment on him. And at the end, in the spirit of the holidays, three things on the Pacers' Christmas wish list. I'll wear a little uh, Christmas tree bandana or a headband for those I, bandana headband for those of you watching on YouTube. Let's talk about this game. Pacers dominant early. Lavert has seven assists in the first quarter as he fills in as the point guard. They're up 8 after one quarter. They stink defensively for the next two quarters. They're down 3 going into the fourth, and then Lloyd Pierce, defensive coordinator, pulls out a zone and the Rockets just had nothing for it. 12 points in the fourth for the Rockets. Pacers score 27 comfortably. Their offense was pretty consistent all night. They scored 27 or more every quarter. Pacers end up winning by 12 thanks to that dominant dominant fourth quarter defensively that they had. That was kind of the story of the game flow is that it was kind of back and forth, you know. The Rockets were getting some good minutes from Jalen Green and Eric Gordon and Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate. But the Pacers, when the game was on the line and mattered, took away the Rockets' flow completely and got into their own stuff and just dominated. So, the game flow wise, that's how the Pacers were able to do it. That zone change was huge. But individual wise, this was a very interesting game, right? No Brogdon. He's still dealing with that sore Achilles. Uh, He was questionable before the game. We'll see. He had a scan. It was fine. Carlisle said it was a favorable scan. Sabonis uh, injured his calf against Detroit last week, played through it against the Heat, but they sat him out this time. We'll see if he can return for the Pacers next game. Uh, But that meant that Turner started at center. O'Shea Brissett moved in uh, as the four, so they just bumped Turner up position and start Brissett. And then instead of starting Wanamaker with McConnell and Brogdon, they started Karis Verde at point guard and brought Chris Duarte back into the starting five. I think that's the right move. Carlisle said, important to get our best five players starting the game, right? So of the available players, those are the five he views as the best. And I kind of think that's impossible to dispute given the Pacers roster this season. So that's the five he went with. You know, there was maybe Wanamaker would start and Duarte would come off the bench. But Duarte has been much, much better than Wanamaker. So that makes sense. But without Brogdon and Sabonis, it was imperative that the Pacers found a way to get good production from center and point guard, especially point guard. If you listen to yesterday's show. Where I or two days ago, show excuse me, where I said they need better solutions at point guard. Wanamaker's not it. Find a way to get Levert more minutes at the one. Do something else, right? Levert starts at point guard, ends up playing 36 minutes, 24 points, eight rebounds, 11 assists, nearly a triple double. He was supreme at distributing. He was getting into the paint, getting far into the paint. That's when he's at his best, getting those passes away. Had some nice scoring in the second half. Was kind of held in the first half and check a little more in that department. But that's what they needed. That's what they didn't have in Miami. They had no positive ball control in that game, right? They were they couldn't have good passes. They couldn't set up the plays. They were just going through the motions. In this game, they had a point guard who was initiating stuff, who was a dual threat to score and pass. Lavert stepped into that role perfectly. Uh, so that's something I think if Brogdon remains out, uh, and McConnell's going to be out for much longer still, that they'll continue to go to. They'll start Lavert at point guard and start Duarte next to him. Duarte fit in pretty well, right, without – rogdon or savonis he could have the ball enough to be effective he had 18 points shot 15 times right that's what they need from him four assists keep get him get him the touches let him grow that fit really well and then wanamaker only has to play nine minutes with the bench because Levert can start at the point guard and be in a nice rhythm the whole game and wanamaker's minutes went terrible again in this game now they lost those by seven points only pacers who played with a negative plus minus but they just needed him to soak up time for LeVert to be at his best he did wonderful in that role. So that sub made sense to me. Uh, Brissett starting at the four, also, again, if you're going with, as Carlisle said, your five best players make sense to me. Turner had to step up in the rebounding game with Sabonis out. He had 10. He did wonderful. But Turner had to play center in this game, which he normally, as Carlisle has detailed, that this game has to kind of play power forward. And we'll talk a lot about Miles in the next segment. I won't get into too nitty gritty stuff, but. Miles takes 10 shots inside four feet in this game. That's got to be a season high. I don't have all those in front of me. Only took two threes in an 18 shot game. Like that is a very un-Miles Turner-esque shooting game. And he took advantage of it. 14 of 18 inside, or excuse me, 13 of 16 inside the arc. Impressive. Uh, 32 points for Turner. Two huge blocks that swung the momentum in the fourth quarter. He was excellent, excellent, excellent in this game. He was their best offensive player at finishing plays. They really needed him. So, Without Brogdon and Sabonis, they needed guys to step into those roles and fill in time. And then when they switched up the rotation, it really worked. Carlisle deserves a lot of credit for the way he coached this game between the Pacers' pivot to zone and the lineups he ended up choosing. Something else he did for a very short amount of time that I think is something they could go to going forward. They had two minutes and 57 seconds of this lineup. Chris Duarte, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday. Uh, one of O'Shea Brissett or Tory Craig, and then Goga Batadze. So, really, it was two lineups, but they just said who was at the four. No, who's in that group? No Brogdon, no Lavert, no Wanamaker, no McConnell. Like, their point guard is Chris Duarte in those minutes. For three minutes, they tried that tonight because they just needed to make, they need to get Lavert some rest, and Wanamaker wasn't really cutting it. Minus two in those minutes. They were plus five with Tori Craig, and then minus seven. With percent so uh, maybe they should have just stuck with Craig there. But if that's something they can lean on for three minutes, or for for a little more than three minutes every game, because right, Wanamaker was minus seven and nine minutes. Like if you play that group for nine minutes, just going off of you know using multiplication, you'd say they'd be minus six, right? Maybe they try that a little bit more because you know they, it was a small sample for sure, but it kind of worked, right? Maybe that's something they go to. So very impressive stuff from Carlisle in this game to get the right lineups in there, and very impressive from guys to step up into roles, and then other guys who stepped up. Jeremy Lamb, welcome back. Uh, welcome back from not playing well for a while. 11 shot attempts for Lamb in this game. Season high for him. Five assists for Jeremy Lamb in this game. Second highest of the season. 16 points for him. Five rebounds, five assists. One of his best output nights of the season, if not his number one best. Their bench kind of needed it in this game. Tory Craig only had six points, but Tadze, we'll talk about Gogan in a second, only had six points. They needed Lamb to be a punch for them off the bench since they were missing so many guys and he really stepped up. It was big to get that game from the Pacers for him. So that he he needed that game. He had a podium game. It was the first time he's spoken to media after the game in a while. Uh, and they usually select, you know, someone who had a, a noteworthy game or the biggest the best three players that night and I you know, Lamb deserved it. He he shot very well in this game. He made some nice plays for the Pacers. Uh, they needed him. He was good. And then Goga was the backup center with Turner out. I was curious about that if they'd go with Isaiah Jackson or Goga Batadze. They played both in Miami just two nights ago. They go with Goga. Goga did well. Goga, 10 minutes and 34 seconds, six points, two rebounds, filled in perfectly just fine, three of five shooting, uh, had some nice offensive rebounds too to get keep some possessions alive and get some extra points. So they, they pulled all the right levers in their rotation in this game. They pulled all the right adjustment levers in this game with the zone defense, which it was really a, a well, very well-coached game from the Pacers, and they got exactly what they needed from everybody to fill in with two of their best guys out. And the Rockets, to their credit, they shot really well from deep for almost the entire game. I don't think I don't know if they made a three in the fourth quarter, if they'd made just one, and they still finished above forty percent at fifteen for thirty-seven. Uh you know, and this game almost flipped uh, when Carousel Vert had the fourth foul and they were out in Wanamaker early in the third quarter, but the Pacers found a way to fight back against the hot shooting team, get that zone in, uh, get the right guys to step up, and it was great. You know, they all talked about after the game they played the game pure. That's that's the words um Carlisle used to really describe how they did so you know outside of some shaky perimeter or like um stopping the ball defense that led to kick out threes for the Rockets pretty good all-around performance from the Pacers and they should beat the Rockets I get it like no one's going to be impressed that they beat a 10 and 20 Houston team but like I said last week this Pacers team is was 13 and 19 before this game like they should not be expected to really beat anybody at this point. The Rockets are better than their record. Any win from the Pacers is like <laughs> impressive, given the way they've played all season. Like they they shouldn't really be favored heavily against anybody, and they didn't have their two best players. So to get this win, especially before Christmas and three days off before playing the Bulls next, it's good for the Pacers and their morale. I mean, everybody was happy to to step up in this game with the with the roles they had. So good win from the Pacers. Lots of big storylines. These guys fill appropriate roles, and let's talk more about Miles Turner who. You know, went on the record this season saying, I want a bigger role. And he didn't say, I want to be traded. He didn't say he want someone else to be traded. He said, I want clarity on how you guys can get me a bigger role and get me the shots that I need to be the player that I want to be. I deserve some sort of promotion. And in this game, I think he got a little bit of what he wanted. Let's talk about Turner's night, but first... Let's talk about the good, folks, over at Truebill because did you know that free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about on average. People save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Link up your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. They have over 2 million users and have helped them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Check out Truebill.com slash LockdownMBA. Start saving today. It could save you thousands a year Truebill.com slash LockdownMBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Let's also talk about one of my favorite people to talk about on the show, and that is Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bars ever. And I'm not just saying that. I mean it. They are 100% covered in chocolate. They have so many good flavors. They're actually good protein bars. Most of them don't taste like the flavor they say, or they're way too chewy, or they just taste like I can't even describe it. It's not a real flavor. Built Bars are actually good. They have ama- amazing flavors. I love the peanut butter brownie, and they're all really healthy, low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, low in fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, great right around the holidays when there's going to be a lot of tempting food around you for the next couple days, so try them. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You can get 15% off your order. That promo code, again, is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Pacers your first listen every day. For your second listen, why not go check out Lockdown Rockets? Hear about Jalen Green, who was very good in his first game back for the Rockets in a long time. The Rockets actually outscored the Pacers with Jalen Green on the court. Lots of credit to him. He played very well. Let's talk about Miles Turner, who had, th- again, 32 points and 10 rebounds in this game. His second 30 point game of the season. By the way, coming into the season, he had two 30 point games in his whole career. Whole career. Clearly, some improvement from him offensively when he's able to be a force and get the role he wants. I've already seen some comments from people uh, about or, or fans in the arena talking, saying something to the effect of, "Oh yeah, you know, with no Savonis out, he should do that. He should get the ball more. He's the center. He's a more natural center." And I don't, I don't know that that's true. And I get where that line of thinking comes from, you know, but I don't think that's true. Looking at the last two games that Turner played without Savonis last year, uh, the Pacers played the Bulls at home. And got absolutely smoked. Uh, That game, Turner got hurt in, but he did play the first 20 minutes. He had 10 points, four rebounds, three blocks. They were minus six in those minutes. Okay. And then the game before that, they played the Spurs. Turner did not get hurt in that game. Uh, They won in overtime in San Antonio. Turner had 18 points, seven rebounds, four blocks. That's a pretty good game for him, for his stat line. Uh, That was the Keelan Martin game, uh, if you'll recall, last year. So, He doesn't all, like, just Sabonis being out doesn't, like, default him to more touches, right? He only had 12 shots against the Spurs, like I just said, in an overtime game, right? It doesn't default him more touches. It doesn't default him a bigger role. It doesn't do anything. It just changes the, the, the little letter before his name on the sheet that says the position that he's starting in. So he really stepped up in this game. He had to. And something he talked about when he talked about, uh, wanting a bigger role or more clarity in his role, a promotion, if you will, because he's been working on his game for forever and hasn't really gotten that promotion, as he called it, is kind of touches around the basket. And he didn't, I don't know if he said that specifically to anyone, but he did when he was asked about what he wants specifically on the court talk about, you know, I got a shot around the basket tonight. I really like that, right? Like tonight, Miles Turner took 10 shots inside of four feet, eight of 10 inside four feet. I believe I already said that, but that is how. Turner was different in this game. It was not necessarily that Sabonis is out, although definitely the way he played is harder to do with Sabonis on the court at the same time. And again, the Sabonis and Turner minutes have been really good together this season. So this isn't saying some, some thesis that Turner should change how he's playing. The Pacers should change all this stuff. It is. This is what Sabonis meant, or excuse me, this is what Miles Turner meant. He said, I can be this guy that every so often you put me in a short roll. I can make a play. You, you give me the ball around the basket. I can turn and score right? I can dunk. I can make decisions with the ball. Carlisle credited his passing, and I noticed he hit a few cutters this game in a very impressive way. Only ended up with one assist, but like, Turner around the ball in places on the court that allowed him to make decisions or put it up around the rim, and he took full advantage. And look, in his career, he has not done that all the time, right? There is a reason fans were kind of like Miles Turner cannot be the guy saying this right now. Like, you know, his career has been what it is, but this is what he, he kind of wanted, not necessarily to, to have this many shots every game or to have this role every game. I kind of think what he just was talking about is like, I want to know how you're going to let me do that a few times every game, not 18 times, not shoot 10 times inside four feet, but just a few more than the zero he's been getting basically the last two seasons. So, to see him have the opportunity to show the coaching staff, hey, I can do it if you give me these chances, and him taking advantage, I think, was important for him to sending you know the message that he's trying to send that maybe he does deserve a few more touches of that of that elk every game. And he did a very very nice job in it in this game. I mean, he he was their MVP in this game. Uh, his defense in the fourth quarter completely changed the game. His defense has been awesome for forever. But to see him step up offensively after some of the stuff he said this season was was pretty big for him, I think. And pretty big for this Pacers team in general. And he said after the game, he thinks he's the greatest shot blocker in the world. We've known that for forever. Um, but changing the game with those blocks is really impressive. Some other stuff that other guys said that stood out to me about miles after the game, Carlisle called his decision-making on point. And that's kind of what I go back to with the passing, but it's not just the passing. It's also like, you know, he, he knew when to shoot or when to, to kick it out or when to set a screen. And it wasn't just pick and pop. Like it usually is with him. It's pick and roll, pick and short roll, pick and make a decision from 15 or 10 or whatever feet. Like he used all that stuff and he's got to think through when he's running around as the big man. Well, do I reverse the ball this time? Is there an advantage over there? And sometimes he robotically reverses, but in this game, all those decisions, he nailed them. He did exactly what should be expected of him when he's playing at a high level and what should be expected of him when he's playing as the lone center. The Rockets post-defense kind of stinks. I understand that argument from, from the miles attractors as well, but still he did it right. He had 32 points like miles. His whole career has not taken advantage of matchups like this all the time. So, I think this was a step forward for him in a lot of ways. We also heard him himself talk, of, or excuse me, Carlisle talk about he had a different set of responsibilities. That's the exact terminology he used in the post game presser, which I think kind of tells the story of what I'm trying to say perfectly, right? He's playing four when he starts next to a bonus on offense. He was playing five tonight. His responsibilities were not be a perimeter threat, shot fake and drive, or get one or two post-ups a game. His role was You are a center, you play inside out and make the right reads and rolls and reactions after you set screens, and he did a wonderful job with that. And that is what he needs to carry on going forward. And again, this doesn't mean to me the Pacers need to suddenly feed Turner the ball inside 10 feet or let him make more decisions every game, because again, I even think Turner would say this, Sabonis is better at passing and making those decisions and is a pretty good finisher himself, right? It makes more sense to have him be the guy rolling most of the time, but If Turner can let you mix it up every so often, that's what I talked about before the season is something Carlisle could do that would kind of change the outlook of the double big. He could make Turner more dynamic in that way. He could make it harder for other teams to predict what the Pacers are going to do when either big could screen, either big could do either thing, and all of a sudden the floor is more spaced out without adding any more shooting because you can send different guys to different areas in the floor and have different screeners be dynamic. And Turner did that in this game. He set good screens. Uh, He got credit from his teammates for that after the game. He made those right decisions. He was rolling into good spaces, and he was finishing the plays. That's key for him, right? Uh, And with authority all the confidence in the world for him. And he needed this kind of game to me, to take advantage of an opportunity to say, look, you went on the record and said what you wanted. You wanted the bigger role. You wanted to shoot in certain ways every game. You don't want anyone to get traded, necessarily. You don't. That's what he says. He doesn't want anyone to get traded. And he thinks it can happen on this team, but he wants that big role, whatever it takes. And he has to take advantage of nights like this to prove he earned it, and tonight he did. And throughout his career, that hasn't always happened. But I think for Turner and for this Pacers team, it was good to see him in that role doing what he says he can do. Now everybody's got the message that that is possible. Perhaps that gives other guys confidence to feed him on those roles more often. Perhaps it gives other guys confidence to get him the ball around the basket more often. Perhaps it lets Carlisle say, okay, you can short roll on this play, right? And we can stick some bonus in the short corner or something just for two plays a game. Maybe it gives him a little more confidence. And if it stops working right away, then go away from it. But it's a, it's it's kind of a win-win when he steps up to the plate in that manner. And he did it tonight. So all the credit to Miles Turner. He deserves a full segment, both, both just in general from the way he played. I mean, a 32-10 and 10 game is ridiculous. His fourth 30-point game of his career obviously merits a full segment. But also, given the way his season has gone where he has talked about hey, I want this bigger role. Hey, I can do these things that I'm not being asked to do every game. To actually do it, when given the opportunity, was good to see. So, good for Turner. This needs to be something the Pacers can potentially lean on. I don't know when Sabonis is coming back. I don't know if Carlisle knows when Sabonis will be able to come back. It doesn't sound like something serious. We'll see. But if Sabonis can't come back against Chicago, Turner could has to put in another performance like that. You know, he just If, if he can't do it two games in a row, then the conversation goes right back to the other way. So let's talk about Christmas. It's Christmas Eve, and I'm only using Christmas here as a guise to say, what's the Pacers Christmas list? And I'm going to do a New Year's resolution list next week because I love the holidays and how they can impact how you talk about the Pacers. But Turner played well. That's a lot of Pacers fans' wish list is that he'd step up uh, in games like that, and he did tonight. So I made a Pacers wish list. Three things that this franchise will want for Christmas. Let's take a little break and talk about that. But first, let's talk about the good folks over at betonline.eg who have you covered This holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through college bowl season and into the pro football playoffs. Tough blow for the Colts tonight with the Titans beating the 49ers. But Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline.ag to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage. Of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Kevin Pritchard has spent all year on his best behavior so he can write this letter to Santa that says, Dear Santa, the Pacers want these three things for Christmas. Maybe Herb Simon wrote the letter. I don't know. I just wanted to make this that the intro to this segment. It's Christmas time. What do the Pacers want for Christmas? This is kind of just a general what do the Pacers need and what can they be looking forward to segment. I'm just using the holidays of guys to get there. And now let me put on my Christmas headband to officially talk about what should be on the Pacers Christmas list. And I have three things. First up for me is consistency from role players. And I have harped on this several, several times throughout this uh, throughout the season on this podcast of you know, they'll have a lot of games where – Brogdon gives them 22 and 8, and Sabonis has 20 and 15 rebounds, and you know, Turner does his job defensively, and then they get nothing from anybody else. right? Justin Holiday goes one for six from deep, and Duarte shoots one for five, and Jeremy Lamb goes two for seven or something, and O'Shea Brissett's the only consistent guy they have with that second unit, and they lose like that. That's happened probably six times this season. They've lost just because of games like that. If they had one role player who was very consistent all season, I bet they would have three or four more wins, right? They need consistency from those role guys, especially offensively, right? And Justin Holiday has had a, such a strange season in that way. Derek Kramer, iPacers blog, pointed this out. And I think I mentioned it a little bit on the show before, but like if you look at his stats and his three point percentage this season is 34%, just below league average. It might even actually be league average this year because shooting percentages are down in general with the ball switch and it's early season and just the adjustment to having fans back, all that stuff. The league average is a little lower. Still below his standard for his career. And even that feels high to me because he has so many games where it's like one for eight, three for 10, one for three, and then he'll go boom and go four for seven twice in a row and then six for eight three nights later. And then his percentage levels out and looks good, even though he had way more bad games than good in that stretch. So Justin Holiday is one of those role guys who has been Markedly inconsistent. Well, his defense has been good. So I'm mostly saying offensive consistency from role players. Jeremy Lamb has been like this as well. One for nine in their loss to the Heat. Three for 10 against Detroit. And yet he's had some bigger games earlier this month that they looked good in, right? He had a 10-point game against the Wizards that they won. He had an 11-point game against Atlanta. They almost won that. He was six for nine against Charlotte in that game where he had 23, his high-scoring output of the season, right? He was good in this game. He's been all over the place this year. And with his role being a little herky jerky, I get why it's tough for him to always be playing consistently. But any more consistency from him would give the Patriots another spark plug off the bench, especially with guards being in and out of their rotation all season. Keelan Martin falls into this category, although his inconsistency was just started great and then was awful for a couple of weeks offensively. He started shooting so well and was scoring around screens and totally deserved the 20 minutes a game he was getting for a while. And then that kind of dwindled into the teens. And then it went to. Nine, and now he's out. So his offense went away completely. If any one of those guys could have held their consistency for more of the season, I think the Pacers would have more wins, right? Any of them. And even Duarte could be in this category, although I understand it a little more from a rookie, so it makes a little more sense in that way. brissett has been pretty consistent, but those three guys, really, that's something the Pacers should be asking for for Christmas. How can we make them be more consistent players for our basketball team? Number two on the Pacers Christmas list, the cop-out answer of the day for me is... T.J. Warren. Of course they want T.J. Warren. They've been talking about his return from injury for forever. I think he would help the Pacers with their defensive consistency. I think he would help them in isolation situations. I think he'd help them away from the play, another shooting threat potentially. This is all if T.J. Warren is at the level he was at when he stopped playing. Eventually, not right away. I don't think anyone expects him to be any good right when he returns, whenever that ends up happening to be. But you know, if he can be helpful for them even on just one end, that adds another threat to their rotation. And, you know, if it had happened earlier, it doesn't make them force him to play Keelan Martin as much and stuff like that. And so I think TJ Warren, the position he plays, the skills he can provide, has to be very high on the Pacers' Christmas wish list. I mean, and the other thing with him coming back, beyond just we get a good player in our, on our TVs, is we, uh, as people and podcasters, have been talking forever about the Pacers' Rebuild, and part of that decisions they'll have to make is how do these guys fit with T.J. Warren, right? Let's say T.J. Warren returns, and all of a sudden he's running sweet two man games with Demontis Sabonis or Miles Turner all the time, and him and Brogdon have this wonderful efficiency. Then you might be thinking differently about who you want to move. Or if he's awful, maybe he's a guy that's disgusting. Moves the earlier he can come back, the better, and that's why he's on the Christmas list despite not returning yet because. If he can return with a month before the trade deadline, that would help the Pacers get a lot of data points and make a lot of decisions as they lead up to whatever direction they decide to go uh, as this season ends. And the last thing for me that I think the Pacers have on their Christmas wish list is good games from players and trade murmurs. Very vague, but for a team that has had articles written about their potential direction and Miles Turner wants a bigger role and maybe he'll be on the move or maybe Sabonis will be on the move, you know, he was an athletic piece or maybe Caris LeVert will be on the move, Jeremy Lamb off the bench. You know, all those guys, if they have good games that that helps their trade value, that helps them look better, that helps their averages and if they if the Pacers are winning, they can say, "Well, we might not sell and drive up their price a little more." They might be able to say, "We need a little bit more to be enticed into being a seller." And I know a lot of NBA teams won't buy that talk necessarily, but if it comes down to it, that might matter. So, a game like tonight, Sabonis not playing obviously, doesn't impact his value at all, but Turner being excellent like that, excellent, especially as the lone center for any team that needs a center desperately, huge, right? LaVert playing point guard, a dynamic role, 24 and 11, huge. Jeremy Lamb providing a spark off the bench. Like those kind of game, this game against the Rockets is is basically exactly what the front office wants from a production standpoint from their guys in trade rumors because they all were good. They led the Pacers to a win so they can keep going for wins and keep telling teams, ah, you know, maybe, maybe we're not going to trade them unless you offer a little more, right? This is exactly what they want. It pumps their value up. It, it makes those players more confident and feel good about their situation with the Pacers, depending on if they decide to retool, right? Those kind of things are important for this Pacers team going forward, and I think that it's important for the front office to try to help those guys be maximized as it leads up to the trade deadline, and they all were in this game. We'll see if they can continue. To be in that situation going forward, that is my Christmas list for the Pacers. Tell me yours on Twitter. I'm at TEastNBA, and this podcast is at Pacers. Thank you guys a ton for listening. Hope you have a great holiday weekend if you're celebrating anything. Travel safe, be safe, all that stuff. If you're not celebrating anything, hope you have a good weekend. I'll be around to communicate if you want to talk some hoops. Again, on Twitter, at TEastNBA. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you Monday. Talk Pacers, Bulls, and some other general topics.